Welcome to the Game Gravy Rewind Podcast. This is episode 35. I'm your host, Anthony DeVirgilis. Tonight I have a special guest with me from Infendo Radio and developer at Louis Vision. I got Louis. Hey, yeah, it's good to be back. Awesome. Yeah, we did interview Lewis back in December. Um, we talked with him about his game Twisted Fusion and also the uh, crossover title with uh, Block Drop U and Twisted Fusion. Um, so how's uh, development going along with uh, Twisted Fusion? Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, development's going very well. We've had, well, there, ha- there was a, uh, a delay, um, but we're in the final stages yet again, um, looking to release in a, a few months' time. Um, but yeah, all very exciting. We're planning on, um, we've had a beta running uh, for like a very particular tier of backers for for about six months or so now. And we're opening that up to all of the Kickstarter backers so they can pretty much run through the entire game as a uh, like as an apology that they can't play the game yet on the Wii U. So they can play it on the PC in advance before it hits. Um, but yeah, oh, awesome. it's yeah, exciting times. It's um. It's grown into something much, much bigger than I originally planned, and yeah, it's pretty exciting. You have the full game on the PC right now? Yeah. Oh, what do I have to do to get a copy of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, but, the, uh, the plan is, um, it's going to all of the Kickstarters uh, at the end of this week, and I'm not sure how I'm going to manage it, but from next the week afterwards onwards, I'm going to be doing some sort of giveaways to that beta access to various people so uh very cool yeah well maybe, maybe I, i'm still looking forward to see it what we can do. so <laughs> definitely one of my um the top titles i was looking forward to this year along with uh i, I can't wait to play tiny galaxy on the wii u that, uh, that looks like a blast good, yeah but um so we're gonna continue with the format of that we went with for last week where we're not going to do our normal news what we've been playing sort of thing we're going to stick with one topic and it seems to be the big news topic of this past weekend and that was we're, we're going to go with the cancellation of silent hills and that leading into also the delisting of konami from the new york stock exchange and what that means for really konami and the other third-party game um uh, publishers in in the industry and just see like kind of like our opinions on where game publishing's going and developing's going um at a triple a standpoint maybe an indie uh standpoint and then we, we can even talk about first party development and publishing as well but um so let's start with it with the news of silent hills cancellation is that a surprise to you or do you did you kind of see that coming i'll be honest i mean Konami had so few games which were in development that, yeah, it was a surprise. Because um, it seemed like they were banking everything on Metal Gear, Silent Hills, and their Pro Evo series. Um, yeah, so I'm surprised to see it drop, and especially after the reception that PT got. Now, did you play PT? Unfortunately not, no. I don't have a, a PS4. Okay. Well, I, I do have a PS4, and I thought it was trash. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I heard good things. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it, it's. I, I don't. You, I'm sure you know about it. I'll kind of go real short about about it. Was um, we've talked about it before on the podcast, but I, I, you know, some of the other um co-hosts that I have on here, they they enjoyed the game. I thought it was very. Uh, it, it didn't really hold your hand, which I guess some people like, some people don't like. But I, I felt like. I don't know. I felt like I was walking around in the same room aimlessly f- 
for 10 minutes, I'd figure out what I have to do. And then you're back in the same room trying to figure out a different puzzle. And I'm just yeah. like, and, and you would just get lost over and over again. And I mean, some of it was as easy as you had to go to some area and tap like a button that it doesn't tell you. Okay. So it's, it's really, I don't know. It was kind of out there and I, I really didn't, I don't know. I, I, for me, it wasn't the Silent Hill experience I was kind of hoping to play. I mean, I didn't know it was Silent Hill leading into it, and I was hoping that, that the full game was nothing like it, because I really enjoyed the Silent Hill series, but that, to me, didn't do it justice. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of this sort of playable uh, trailer or teaser, especially without knowing what you're playing beforehand. So even even though they did the twist at the end, they're going, oh, actually, it's going to be a Silent Hills game, or Silent Hill game, as it were, and it might, and it'll probably be third person instead of first. I do like the idea that because you don't really see that much in the game industry, you know what's, you know what the trailer is going to be upcoming. You pr- probably know wh- how it's going to look like roughly. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't play it myself. I like the idea. Of it. What I heard was alright, um, but yeah, it was a surprise to hear this is being dropped. I will definitely agree, though, that it is a surprise to hear it's been dropped. I mean, they had um, Guillermo del Toro on it of the Hellboy fame and Pan's Labyrinth fame. Yeah. Um, they also had um, Daryl from Walking Dead. I, I, his name escapes me. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, I can't think of his real name. Well, that's that's uh, he's from Boondock Saints as well. But he was supposed to be the likeness of the uh, main character. Yeah. And it, yeah, it seemed like they were um, they they had a plan, and obviously it, they had the Kojima on board as well. Yeah, that's Let's not forget. And, <laughs> and you know, after the, all the rumors was that he was gone after Metal Gear, I, I you know you kind of almost seen the writing on the wall there that something's going on with Silent Hills. That's true. Yeah, especially when he made those statements saying, like his commitment to Metal Gear, as in that game, um, and how it that game's still going to be, you know, his best Metal Gear he's produced. Um, but yeah, nothing in that statement did he talk about his work on the ongoing Silent Hills at the time. Yeah, are, are you a Metal Gear fan? Um, I'm a bit of an on and off Metal Gear fan. Um, yeah, I I would say I'm not. Go, uh, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, uh, um, some of them I really like and some of them I've just never played. Uh, so I'm not like really hardcore. Um, but yeah, some of the entries I've played to it just as a regular player to completion i've really enjoyed them yeah i like i like too i thought the story was a little whack um i i went back i played the original on playstation one i wasn't really a fan because i didn't like the aiming i thought it was really awkward i did really like twin snakes though on the gamecube i thought they fixed a lot of the issues i had with the original game i like the idea of the original metal gear and i had a friend who really loved that game and i used to watch him play it um, but I can never really get on with it. Um, but by the time, yeah, Twin Snakes came around, I'm not sure if it was that game in particular, or just I kind of grew up as a gamer that I could understand what the game was actually trying to do. Um, but yeah, no, I really did like Twin Snakes. Well, I think one of the things was they added the first person shooting in Twin Snakes, and I think that like that helped you know the the whole awkward control feel because you know that was the same awkward controls that Re- like Resident Evil almost brought on, That's where true. You, you're kind of aiming and you can like aim up and down, but you're like overhead almost, so it's like really weird. Yeah, that's another stranger. I'm probably going back on myself here, but the original Resis were games that I could never get into. Um, but after 
this is going to sound really weird, but after kind of like falling in love with the series on four, I went back to play the old ones and kind of finally understood what they were doing. Um, and I kind of do defend their weird controls nowadays when people slag them off. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I would like, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's like, it's almost like the controls are more difficult to make the game more difficult and scary. But I don't know. I'd rather have like the Resident Evil 4 controls like on Resident Evil 1. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but um, without getting too sidetracked, yeah, because the Resi, uh, Resident Evil 1 was obviously remastered not too long ago for the current gen consoles obviously not including the wii u um <laughs> and and it had the control options to either you walk in the direction you point the stick at um or it's the original setup but the problem with the you walk where you point is because the camera angle changes per room to room you could be holding say top right uh run for a corridor and then when you pop out the corridor you're actually facing the other direction yet you're still pushing on the same direction on your stick but running in a different direction to it and it's a big disjoint or disconnect there so i think with the way that game's designed those controls the original ones are probably the best you can do to navigate around it yeah because it's all static backgrounds i I get that but back to um (laughs) back to konami Konami. (laughs) oddly I, i never really played the old silent hill games i was more i was more of a resi guy Gotcha. Yeah, I see. I I played the first Silent Hill and the second Silent Hill. I I didn't play the third and I didn't play anything past the second, really. But they had definitely they had more of a creep vibe going on than the than the shock vibe that Resident Evil kind of had. Like Resident Evil was more like jump scary. Like Silent Hill was like more psychological. Yeah, it was like, man, whoever made this game has something wrong with them. (laughs) And I I don't think I've ever put in any a decent amount of time into a Silent Hill game, which is quite bad, really. Um, but one of the ones... Well, I, I know, obviously, the one, the three, all meant to be pretty good. Uh, but the one on the Wii was actually meant to be quite good. Uh, Shattered Memories. Shattered Memories, yep. Apparently, they did some interesting things with... Um, you would have someone uh, asking you some personal questions at the beginning of the game, and they would affect certain aspects of the game. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, um, like an interviewee type situation, um, and yeah, you would. They took the enemy combat out of the game completion completely. So any sort of enemy encounters you had, uh, you basically just had to run away and survive, uh, opposed to have clunky combat horror mechanics. And apparently, it turned out quite well. Um, yeah, but, I'll have to see if I can find a copy of that. Yeah, and there's always been one I've been kind of meaning to pick up. Yeah, that you know what, and and I doubt it'll ever hit the Wii VC now, especially with the uh, well, that would be latest. interesting with this all in mind, wouldn't it? Yeah. So so let's go ahead and um, what do you think them delisting themselves from the New York Stock Exchange kind of means for the company as a whole? That's that's all very strange, um, especially with the timing. It almost makes you think like. This isn't like the end of the bad news for us gamers. Um, but I don't know if that's reading into it too much. Well, I, I don't know what what else could be. Well, I mean, I mean, Metal Gear uh, is definitely on track. That's definitely coming. So what, what else could they remove at this point? <laughs> but that, but that's really it. Exactly, I mean, yeah. 
but but past that, I mean, they are banking that this one game is going to make them a boatload of money, and I don't know. It, it, it's a pretty... It's a pretty tight holiday schedule for multiplayer gaming. You got Black Ops Three, you got Star Wars Battlefront Two. Um, the thing that Metal Gear is trying to sell this time around is the Met is the um, multiplayer. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I you know I think they're putting all their eggs in a basket. I don't know if it's the right basket. Yeah, and it's. I mean, the game will do well. It's just, is it going to do so well that it's going to support the the alternative of having like you know a bunch of different games out. I mean, I mean or if if, if say Silent Hill was coming soon after, and I mean we've had no word on even a new Pro Evo. I mean it probably was going to come, but we've not heard anything about it. Well, the good thing about Pro Evo is like they can they can just slap a new roster on it and just re-release the game, and fans will be mad, but they'll That's still true, buy yeah. it. <laughs> they, they really don't have to put too much into Actually, it. In. If they don't even put that little effort in, and they can't just do um, like the the roster update, as it were, then we are needing to be properly worried. Yeah. <laughs> if they can't even and do that, I I would forewarn you: if you ever plan on getting a Konami game on the Virtual Console, you should probably do it soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just important. saying, just throwing that out there. Yeah, no, we have seen that situation where games just get pulled for yeah, whatever, and, uh, whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I, I'm surprised we haven't seen a Dance Dance Revolution. I, I can't imagine that taking up too much, um, you know, too much of development time. I and mean, they have so much out there. Yeah, I, was, I was remember talking about this fairly recently. I don't think it was actually on a podcast or anything. But when was the last Dance Dance Revolution game? I mean, PS3, uh, obviously, but I want to say maybe 2012. Yeah, I was wondering, did they try and give it like a big push during like the whole, because um, it's quite timely now, the previous Rock Band and Guitar Hero era? No, and you know that to me, they really kind of, well, they, I think they did have a couple on the Wii, but I don't think they pushed it hard enough. Exactly. I know the Wii one had a couple of releases, but I think they were pretty just kind of slipped under the rug, as it were. I don't think they had any sort of marketing behind them whatsoever. Yeah, they probably should have released another Mario one because they had one for the GameCube. That's true. Yeah, um, and and I'll be honest, that's the only Dance Dance Revolution game I think I've ever bought. So <laughs> <laughs> I have not played that game. Oh, I've man. only played Dance Dance Revolution in the uh, arcade way back. It's it's probably bad, but Nintendo could just drop a turd in a box, and I'd probably buy it. <laughs> Put some. Uh plastic bongos in there <laughs> yeah i had that too <laughs> yeah that i did have and i had all three of the games that came out for the bongos i had the two donkey congas and the jungle donkey beat. kong jungle beat never yep. played jungle beat oh jungle Beat's such a great game i keep hearing you should, that <laughs> if, if, you, if you can get a copy of that it's it blows the donkey conga games so the away the question is there's also a wii version which doesn't support bongos is it worth um because i don't have the bongos anymore buying some cheap ones off ebay with uh, the GameCube game, or just getting you the Wii it, version. You said it does support it, or it doesn't no, support it? No, it doesn't. It's just like the Wii Remote and Nunchuck, I think. You just sh- oh, shake man. them. Um, does it, do you know if it supports the Motion Plus? I wouldn't have thought so for that game. Well, um, I don't... It depends on how accurate the controls <laughs> are. It really... Oh, okay. it, I, I would I would say, like, because 
basically, um, you in order to move right, you tap the right bongo. To move yeah. left, you tap the left one. And then um, you would clap to clap Donkey Kong's hands. And to jump, I think you want to hit both of them at the same time. Yeah. So it, I, I don't know how accurate the nunchuck and Wii Remote would would work for that. I, I mean, I can't imagine it'd be too off. But I, I would check out a couple of reviews before you would drop money on it. But I, I would probably play the GameCube one. I, I feel like it was made for the bongos, so it would probably feel better on the bongos. Yeah, I'd imagine so. It did seem a bit weird when they were pointing it to the Wii with that setup. You think That's that... kind of weird, too, considering it has GameCube ports on it. That, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I imagine they had to put effort to take the functionality away. Yeah. Because they're, yeah. they're working with the original <laughs> code. It's got the original ports. It, it's a shame. Um, but saying that, I'm on eBay now, uh, and you can buy bongos for pretty cheap. Even even ones in the original box. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's a um, definitely a possible option. But back to Konami. <laughs> um... <laughs> they didn't do any they, other like... music games, did they, Konami? Uh, Dance Dance <laughs> is the only one I could think of that they ever did. Yeah, oh, so... no, they did. Um, didn't they do like Rock of the Dead or something like that? I don't know. Am I like off on that? I thought I, I thought they did some like I thought they did some like typing of the dead eye. <laughs> no, no, I, oh, okay. I, I I'm like going out here on a limb. I'll have to look it up, but I, I could have sworn they had this this like like rock band kind of game, or well, it was more of a guitar hero. And you, but you like play. Oh man, I gotta look it up. There was a Rock of the Dead, but it wasn't Konami. I was off. Oh no, it's Rock Revolution was Konami. That's what they made. Yeah. There we go. But there was a Rock of the Dead from UFO Inter- Interactive, <laughs> and you def- <laughs> nice. You and you defeated zombies by playing songs with the Guitar Hero guitar. Yeah, there were some weird games which took advantage of those instruments. <laughs> I, I would I would have to say their number one franchise though that like kind of should have gotten a game that hasn't is Castlevania. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. They they've tried to. Well, I say they tried to reboot it. I mean, they had the uh, what was the game called? Shadow of something? Uh, Lord of Shadows. Lord of Shadows. Yeah, they had those two games, which they seen that and they, then they they put a decent amount of effort into, but it just wasn't quite the same. They even had like a two D one that was on the DS, I want to say, and then they ported it to the PlayStation Shop and the Xbox Arcade. I think later on. Oh yeah, it was like a. There was a few on the DS and obviously on the Game Boy Advance as well. Um, yeah. No original ones on the 3DS in that vein, though. Which I, it, I, seems a shame, because sure? that would be the... Well, I don't believe so. On the, like, as in 2D, like sprite-based Castlevania. Oh, no, no, it wasn't sprite-based. It was like 2.5D or something yeah, like that yeah, with that, 3D backgrounds. That was in the same series of... Um, the Lord of Shadows. Lord of Shadows, yeah. Okay, um, okay. That's what I was thinking. It surprises okay. me that they didn't... Or they still haven't done a, a 2D sprite-based game. I mean... I would have assumed that would have been cheaper, but I, I, I guess that's not the case nowadays. I guess the the 2.5D games are cheaper to produce. It just seems strange. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the fans wouldn't mind if it recycled assets from the previous games, but had them in just a higher resolution, taking advantage of, I don't know, just just make, make some new castle designs and put a, put a few en- new enemies. But the most important things about those ga- those games are like the puzzle mechanics and how like the world ties together. Um, and all those bits and pieces, which you could reuse those sprites for, and they did throughout the Game Boy Advance and the DS era. Oh yeah, absolutely. And looking at games like um, Shovel Knight, and um, look how much money uh, Mighty Number no. Nine has drawn in from just Kickstarter. Speaking yeah. of which, they also got a publisher today. I don't know if you've seen that. 
Oh, I've apparently only heard half the story. I heard that it's getting the they showed off the the box covers. Uh, yeah, and it, some extra DLC which they hadn't mentioned before. Yeah, and they got a publisher. Um, Deep Silver is going to publish it for them. Ah. So that's that's interesting. They do um, what's the word? Dead Island. That and I believe they bought the rights to Saints Row as well. So they they have a couple big titles under their under their belt already. Yeah. But that's I, I, you know, that's a smart move from that publisher, considering they're kind of in the weird area of like not a big publisher, but not an indie publisher. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like they they really don't. There's not too many of them anymore, and they're kind of like hanging in there. Um, Nordic's another one that's like that, where they're not like a huge publisher, and they they bought up most of THQ's property that they had already been working on previously. I've seen that they're releasing an MX game. Um. That they had purchased. They they purchased a lot of THQ's old properties, I noticed uh, Nordic did. No, it's pretty cool. And it's a good it's a good catch for them, um, getting a concept on board. Because it's... I mean, they didn't have any present in the physical space, but they are pretty much piggybacking on Capcom's, obviously Mega Man, and every, yeah, every, yeah, every, definitely. all the marketing they've ever put towards that series. People see um, Mighty Number no. 9 and go, oh, yeah. I like Mega Man. I like this. So yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's a good get for them. And, and seeing like the popularity of stuff like that, I mean, if if Castlevania did it right, they could like have a whole like Castlevania revi- revival. Konami could. Yeah, of, of course. It's, yeah, I, I don't know why they they've not pushed that themselves. That's quite strange. Yeah, but but this leads me to all, believe all that all the indie developers use it, but they don't themselves anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're letting other people make money off of it, and then said. But I, I, this leads me to believe that I think at some point they're going to go the way of Sega, and that's good. Yeah, that's Focus on mobile. Yeah, um, well, they, they do have a mobile presence, but it, yeah, it would be strange. I mean, I, I guess it could be quite parallel to Sega, as in the only big console games they're doing. Obviously, they got Sonic, which still makes them a lot of money, despite the quality of the game. Um, <laughs> and and like license products like uh, say the aliens license yeah it, which actually did rather well yeah um where i could see konami just going you know just do metal gear one after another on the consoles and pretty much everything else <laughs> goes to mobile or just straight as a digital game yeah and and obviously there's a lot of money to be made in mobile or nintendo wouldn't even be looking into it That's so true. um you know the the if Konami and Sega both go mobile, is that a bad thing? Probably not, because they could probably remake their money back and, and get themselves back into a position to start remaking console games. But unfortunately, I feel like the landscape now in the video game industry is that these big third-party publishers, you know, the ones making the AAA games, are basically going from game to game, and they're putting their eggs, you know, all their eggs in one basket. And if that game fails, it's, it's almost like lights out for that company. Yeah, because... Especially when you're making a project that big, like, well, I can only imagine like you you just don't have enough resources to do additional projects uh, because just like the amount of like man hours involved to make a game like the upcoming Metal Gear, you, the just the pure like cinematic quality they want at every, every single point in that game, it's hard to justify taking people away from that project. Um, to work on, say, the new Frogger. <laughs> yeah, Probably yeah, a bad exactly. example. Um, but oh, obviously, in Silent Hills, in this case, um, maybe it was just a matter that 
they didn't have the resources to do it, so they just needed to get you know more hands on deck on Metal Gear, and that's always going to take priority. But it's really cool when you see like um you know a a big publisher and then or even a developer you see like a little indie project from them like like look at Box Boy for the 3DS oh, that's like so- that's so cool if that came out of Hal Laboratory. Yeah, I'm playing through that currently. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great it's a, game to play like a couple of puzzles while you're in bed before you go to sleep if you had a long day. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, and it's just, it, it's so cool to see like these little in, like side projects that come out of these big studio houses. I mean, it's it's crazy to even imagine that Splatoon was kind of that way. Yeah. In a way, that makes a lot of sense, though. Uh, it just seems to be Nintendo's philosophy where they come up with like mechanics first. And, and then they see if there's like a, a character which is appropriate, which usually there is because there's a lot of... There's a lot of Mario games, there's a lot of Zelda games, there's a lot of all the others. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this one they thought, well, it doesn't quite match any of those. Let's do something, you know, we'll need to have some new characters. And and I'm really happy that the developers that were working on it did fight to not put Nintendo IP in there. Or, uh, well, or existing Nintendo IP, should, I yeah. should say, because now the Inklings are Nintendo IP. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. But yeah, I, I think the story was at one point, it was like Mario with his like sunshine jetpack flood thing as the prototype yeah and and uh, i don't i'm so happy they went the other way yeah it, it's it's always nice when nintendo adds new characters because we we could have mario games for the rest of our lives and we're gonna love them that's not the point we want we want new stuff from nintendo as well but that's the thing i mean again not to derail this too much but the thing i lo- like really love about mario games is got almost nothing to do with mario as a character Nothing against the guy or his design. Um, it, you know, he does the job, though. And, and not a huge <laughs> amount more than that. I mean, what I love about those games are the games themselves. So, yeah, um, I'm all up for Nintendo just introducing new characters and environments to go with them. Uh, and just all the other associated items and the bits. Because um, it just can get a bit tedious just having like the, the same set of things again and again, even if they are in very different types of games. Yeah. I was about to say, be careful where you're going with that Mario comment. I'm a fat Italian as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I I agree. Whereas, you know, Mario himself isn't really what sells the games. It's the environments around it and, and, you know, just figuring out the the platforming puzzles within each level and how to collect the coins or, you know, however they've changed it over the years. Yeah, but none of those things are really integral to the character of Mario, though. Uh, it's more about the Mushroom Kingdom, really. Exactly, yeah. It's just that it, they got really fun level design uh, and great <laughs> mechanics. Um, yeah, that's they're the sort of things which keep me going back to those games. Oh, absolutely. Where the, and, where and, there are and I love the enemies as well. And I guess um, it's kind of tangentially related to Metal Gear, is some of the things which bring me back to Metal Gear aren't necessarily its gameplay. It is um, the story and the characters and the fact that I know I'm going to get this like crazy story, uh, that is a big draw for that series for me. Uh, even though I do know there's a good game there, that's not the entire reason while I go there. Yeah, I I don't like. I'm not a really big fan of the controls of Metal Gear. I I, I would prefer if it played a little bit more like Splinter Cell or something like that. Yeah, um, that would be interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm more like if if I'm going to play a stealth game, to me like Splinter Cell's probably one of the better ones. That I've so, played. Have you played Ground Zeroes? I have not. It seems that um, they have learnt a lot from 
like uh, Western developed games uh, in the sense that I feel it plays a lot more than what you would expect the, in how the game looks. Whereas before it's always seemed like it's quite clunky and although it looks like it's this third person shooter, you it doesn't really control like any other third person shooter you've ever played. Um, whereas I think Ground Zeroes, it is a bit more fluid. Um, it I, I'm not sure quite what it is about it because a lot of the buttons themselves kind of match up to the old games. Um, but I think they've got the engine in the... What did a, you play it on? I, well, I played on the Xbox One. Okay. Um but yeah, it, it felt quite different to uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, which I played before it. Um, yeah, it felt a lot more modern in that sense, in terms of it felt like you could play it more as a shooter. Um, but you could you could do those stealthy bits if you wanted to. I think I could get that game pretty cheap now, so maybe I'll look in picking it up for the PS4 and, and giving it a shot. Yeah, I, I did wait a few months, because um, yeah, the, the prices here did drop fairly quickly after that game launched. Uh, and so then it became fairly reasonably to try it out. So so let's just throw it out there. Do you think Konami's closing their doors, or do you think they're just going to shuffle into a different division? Um, no, I, well, I don't think Konami's closing their doors. I think um, I think they're definitely going to do something similar to Sega, um, where it, instead of Sonic, it's Metal Gear for them. I, th- I think they're envisioning a lot of Metal Gear games in the f- future, possibly even like developing multiple metal gears at the same time like you've got metal gear the first person shooter franchise going off when you also have a more traditional uh metal gear solid type series going on at the same time and just trying to build off that brand uh and their other ones may just go mobile or maybe just smaller download titles um and every now and again um they'll get one of them as just regular releases so do you think that's a this is a good thing or a bad thing for the industry? Um, well, probably bad overall. Um, I think they're doing what they have to um, in a tricky time, to be completely honest. I think they've looked over their list of IPs, what what will pe- what will actually earn them money, and they're just saying Me- Metal Gear is pretty much their entire pie where their money's coming from. Um, and so they're going to try and push even more of their eggs into that basket. And I guess lowering the risk from their less profitable games, um, but it's it is going to be a shame because it's just going to be a a lesser selection from Konami to play if that is true, um, and especially when they did have things like the Silent Hill franchise, which you know is a very very different type of game. Um, so I mean they did make a comment saying it won't be the last that franchise, but. It's not the most, you know, obviously trusted of sources after their cancellation, so it's a tricky one. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, I've always heard people, uh, well, it's, you know, non-Nintendo people always saying they want Nintendo to go third party, and I, I just, you know, I think if Nintendo ever did go third party, which they won't, but if they ever did go third party, like, the other third parties are going to be the ones to suffer. Well, yeah, definitely. Um I mean, I, I don't want to cause a, a riot here between any listeners or anything, but I mean, them going mobile, one could say it was almost like, I'm not even going to say it, um, but, but what you suggested <laughs> there, um, because they will be on someone else's platform um, competing with other, I mean, I, mean, I guess Apple don't really make games directly themselves, but they will be competing with everyone else on, on the same terms. Um, and yeah, as in they'll I... be paying the same license fees as everyone else. 
I agree to disagree because I still feel that um, I in in I, I kind of see where you're going with that, where they kind of are third party on the cell phone, but I still don't think we're going to get full Nintendo experiences. I still think they're going to be tie-ins to their full product and trying to get hit the market that you know what, however hundreds of million people own smartphones try to get them to download that that game and then be like hey this game's pretty cool let me go get the full version on my wii u well i'm hoping they'll do both to be honest because i'm hoping like they'll have and i don't mean this in in the literal sense but like the next animal crossing will be on the iphone um and i don't mean the animal crossing brand at all as in the next franchise which makes sense uh something we haven't really thought of before uh in the same way that animal crossing made no sense when it was originally announced on the 64DD and, and then the, the GameCube. Um, so something which makes sense on a touchscreen, which you wouldn't necessarily want to play on a, a portable or a console, but it's a really great game in its own little right. Um, and it's of a very high Nintendo quality, but it is what it is. Um, Almost like a Tamadachi life? Uh, possibly, yeah, something like that. Yeah, actually, that, yeah, that would be a, a good fit. But, you know, it's just something new. And something they do on the phone, which they don't do elsewhere. And and I'm hoping they do like those uh, exclusive things as well as their like tie-in stuff and help just build up the brand for Nintendo in general. Um, oh, and... absolutely! Like Pokemon Shuffle would have been a great game on the mobile. Oh yeah, and I'm sure there will be similar things, if not the same thing. They word it in a way there won't be ports, but um, there might be, you know, a, the same game under a different name or whatever small t- twist they need to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sure we'll have some sort of match-free puzzle games from Nintendo on the cell phones, but they're not the ones I'm looking forward to play. Yeah, I, I just hope they don't venture too far into the freemium model. Like, I, I honestly, I wouldn't mind dropping a couple bucks if I got a full game. That's that's a tricky one, though, because, I mean, I think the nearest traditional competitor on this, uh, those mobile stores is going to be Square Enix. Um they do do freemium stuff, uh, but they're kind of flagship titles. They just price as, you know, you pay it to get it, essentially, for, like, the Final Fantasy titles. And they cost a lot more than pretty much everything else on the store in terms of games. Um, yeah, and I heard the controls weren't very good on those. Well, that's true. I mean, uh, I, mean I guess RPGs are a, a bit more, I don't know, a little bit more manageable in that sense. You don't need fast reflexes. Uh, so it doesn't yeah, matter if you true. don't hit the button straight away. Um, but yeah, those they're not like $2 games. They're like $10 games. Uh, so I'm wondering if Nintendo will go down that route. Or they'll do the freemium or just do cheap games. But ultimately, I reckon they'll just do a bit of everything. Because <laughs> that's how they treat their own eShops. They've got some freemium things there. They've got some expensive stuff and some really cheap stuff. Um, yeah, it it's almost like Nintendo's always constantly trying to find their footing. It is, yeah. And, and like even though... Like something like Mario Kart works, it like in the way they did the DLC on Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Like it, it almost feels like they're not going to do that with any other game. They're still putting, the, you know, trying their footing. Like, okay, well, that worked for Mario Kart, but we're not going to do that with Smash Brothers. We're going to release one character at a time with Smash Brothers, and then close sets, all, all individual. And then you know, Hyrule Warriors was completely different. And, yeah. And who knows what Splatoon? Like, I know Splatoon's going to have DLC. It, that just makes sense. So who who knows how they'll do that? Will they put out a season pass? I doubt they'll use that word because I you know season pass almost sounds like a dirty word to me at this point. Yeah, I don't think they've used it yet. 
No, well, they I haven't. Think, I think they might have used something similar, though, with... It's an odd example, but Mario Golf on the 3DS World Tour. I think that essentially had a season pass. Yeah, I think you're right, but I don't know if they I used don't think they called the it word. That. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. But you I, could pay all... an upfront fee, and there'll be like free packs, as it were, which you would get down the road. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Like I just seen today that they're that the Batman game is going to have a forty dollars season pass, and I don't know what that includes. But that just seems like a lot of money. Like coming out the gate, you know, you're spending an extra forty bucks. It is. I mean, especially if you're not sure what you're getting for your money. Um, yeah, and it's. That's like a full game. <laughs> I do like the Nintendo approach where they don't even talk about it till afterwards. And then the reason why they do, well, they, they, they do wait, is because they don't start making the thing till they've wrapped up the game. And so they don't they don't have anything to announce. Uh, I, I, and I do, I do like how they treated the Mario Kart DLC, where it, it wasn't till a f- at least a few months after the game came out they even mentioned it was going to have DLC. Yeah, and then it did, the first one didn't drop till six months after the game was already out. Yeah, and at the time they just showed some screenshots. Oh, this stuff's in development, um, and they also chucked out. Oh, Link's going to be one of the things you're going to get. Um, just to uh, rile the audience. Uh, yeah, n- but yeah, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why we've only just had this second pack of Mario Kart DLC now. Um, was it a year? Just about after the game came out. Yeah, yeah it was a year. So yeah, I mean it's it's definitely not something they they had on the disc or you know they were making co-development. Uh, it is stuff they were genuinely were making after the game. That's and like it's just smart way to do it. Yeah, and it just feels great to be able to go back to a game that you loved a year later and have new content for it. Almost definitely. And yeah, and... I, I do think it was clever how they, whether you bought any DLC or not on Mario Kart, you got their 200 CC mode just for free. Oh yeah, that that's always great. And I love the amiibo costumes as well. That's an awesome little added bonus. Yeah, that is pretty. Pretty. But nice. um, I, I you know it, it's funny because me and my co-host last week, Matt, um, he he's a co-host over at Nintendo Fever, and we were talking about this, and he he seems to want full out sequels to games on the same console in the life cycle. And I said I'd rather have platforms with DLC over the course of the the life cycle, where I'd rather just get one Mario Kart game. And then just support that Mario Kart game for the full life cycle. Yeah, it, well, like all the systems. One. I mean, how do you feel about that? If the the question was either either scenario, you're getting the same content. Um, then for me, um, the DLC is the best route because you get you get the content as it's being made essentially, or as it's as that bit's finished, you get to play it. Um, mm-hmm. I think usually though, um, when you follow up a box release with another box release. Um, there's going to be more content with both of those things combined than they ever would drip out DLC afterwards in this one package. Um, but because Nintendo, at least in that example, doesn't traditionally do sequels on a particular console, apart from Mario Party, for whatever reason, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the one series which is fine <laughs> yeah. to yeah, keep going oh, up. And, and they go sequel happy with that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like there can only ever be one Mario Kart, can only ever be one Smash Bros., um and so on but yeah you can have many mario parties as you want um but yeah so to kind of get around that have dlc to add more stuff into it yeah i think that's great um yeah i'd much rather have that than them just start on the next one which we won't get till the next console anyway yeah and and i feel like to me if i want a full box sequel to me it, it better have some sort of different mechanic to it that's true that 
that that you know, I want something where they had to go back and change the engine so much that it couldn't be DLC or downloadable update. Yeah, and for things like you know, fighting games, uh, racing games, I think they're the perfect examples because if the game's good to begin with, the engine should pretty much be rock solid. Um, exactly. And there's especially in a karting game, there's not so many complex. Uh, complexities that you could want to change with the engine. Uh, so once you've got that sorted, yeah, just give me more tracks, give me more characters. Um, hell, give, give me more modes like the 200cc thing, even better. Um, but yeah. Really, at this point, if Nintendo would just fix the battle mode, that's like a 10, that game. Oh, that's a Seriously. good point. That's the one thing. I mean, if yeah, they do another DLC pack, which is just battle arenas. Oh my god. I, 20 bucks, here, take my money right <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> That's all they need to do to fix that. Actually, have some arenas in there. Um, yeah, the odd exactly. Thing is, you can't. I've not tried this myself, but apparently you can't use the new tracks in battle mode, which is a shame because the baby park one would actually almost work. Yeah, that would almost be the the, the only track that I would even want to play. It would be at a great arena, but it'd be better than any of the others. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was so happy when they announced baby park because you know, even though it's it's so simplistic. And it's 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 such a silly course. I love it. Yeah, that no, is a fun one, and it is. <laughs> I, I like it when these tracks just kind of you know just uh, play with the rules a little bit. You know, this one just has seven laps. Why not? Oh, just like the F Zero Big Blue. I love that it's just one race with yes. checkpoints. I think they've, of they've become laps. my favorite tracks in the game. Just those ones which are just from start to finish with the checkpoints. Yeah. Did they ever? I, I don't. Wahoo Island's not in this one, is it? I don't believe so. I, see, that was I was hoping that would be one of the retro tracks they would have put in there. The one from um, uh, which was that the DS 3DS one, or was it the Wii one that that one was originally on? Probably, well, I guess it would be the Wii version, but I can't remember it from memory. Yeah, but I love that one. It was from it, it was based off of uh, Wii Sports Resort. Yeah, and you know what? It might have been the 3DS one. Now that I'm thinking about That's it, because I think yeah. it had Pilot Wings stuff in there as well. Yeah, but Maybe. um. Yeah, so I, I wish like that was one of the retro ones they put on because that's another one with checkpoints, and that's another fun track to race on. Oh, most definitely. But um, so let's let's go on to back to our topic of the, you know the the publishers, and I, you know let's let's kind of throw this out there. Which publishers do you think are in a good position right now, where you really don't see them going anywhere for for years? Um. Well, obviously, if we discount first parties, because all of them seem to be in good financial condition, at least. Yeah, Microsoft Game Studios, Sony Computer Entertainment, and Nintendo probably aren't going anywhere, yeah. so let's just skip those. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably turn into a much bigger conversation, but I would say if one of the three had to go between those... Microsoft. It probably would be Microsoft. No, <laughs> and it's definitely not because they don't have enough money, but... No, they don't well, have the talent. Well, it's not even that so much. I reckon... If it probably would turn up to be like they just had a change in business direction or something really silly like that, and that's I, why I could they dropped see out. that. I, honestly, though, the only thing that really sells from Microsoft Game Studios is Halo. Um, I mean, th- don't get me wrong; they'll they'll move copies of other stuff, but there's nothing nothing that sticks like Halo. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely was definitely a uh, a very. I'm not sure lucky is the right word, but a, a very <laughs> a good pickup 
from Microsoft back on the original Xbox launch. Oh yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I mean, I, I said it last podcast. If there was no Halo, there probably is no Xbox right now. Nah, probably not anymore. Um, they, but they yeah, but in terms of uh, game publishers in in good position, um, we go with the big ones, I guess. Go with Ubisoft. We'll start with. Yeah, I, I, I don't I would... see them going anytime soon. I don't, but I would say out of the big ones, they've been the ones that are kind of been faltering a little bit lately. Oh yeah, most definitely, but they have room to do so. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah, and they I, do, and and they'll flip things around. That's true. I mean, and it, it it's, I guess it's both a strength and a weakness, like how they treat franchises like Assassin's Creed. Um, there's been like some great games in that series, um, but that apparently are not. I didn't play the most. Well, I say the most recent one, um, the one which came out. Um, the end of last year, um, Unity. Un- yeah, Unity. Uh, obviously, that had many, many issues. Um, but wasn't there like a Assassin's Creed which like just came out? It's like a two yeah Chronicles. Game? Yeah, China. I, that I believe of, that. Um, that at least missed my radar. I just heard that like in the week's news, as it were. Yeah, it was. Um, they're doing. Th- they're doing a three-part series. Uh, it's called Assassin's Creed Chronicles, and they're going to take places in different. Um, take place in different areas of the world. This one's yeah. China. There's an India one, and I don't remember the third location. The um, idea doesn't sound terrible. I've not actually heard any. Uh, I, hands-on feedback, I but it sounds, yeah, sounds like one way. of these things that they just didn't put much effort in. But yeah, I, if I'm they surprised. did, it it could be good though. Yeah, I'm surprised their marketing machine that is Ubisoft didn't get behind that a little bit more. Because honestly, I'm the same way as you. I didn't even know it was coming out until I was doing the news article of the yeah. games coming out on the PlayStation Network. So I'm like, oh, there's an Assassin's Creed game coming out? Weird. <laughs> um, okay, a more interesting pick. I mean, we could talk about EA and so on. Um, but more, um, a more interesting pick, I think, would be, say, Square Enix. Where do we now see you, them in the future? You, you think they're safe or you think that... Well, they're in trouble. I, well, I think it's mixed for them. I mean, I think got, so too. They got a lot of great IP. Um, they got their they they're pushing out a lot of games on a lot of platforms. Um, but they, they do seem to be faltering. I mean, especially with their their big franchise, you know, just the the numbered Final Fantasy games. Um, they, when was the last like really positive one of those? Uh, a lot of people like fourteen actually, the online one. Ah, okay. Well. Yeah, I mean, it is, I guess, technically a, a fully numbered uh, game, like I just said. But if we take the online ones out of the picture, and just like the, the offline I enjoyed 13, one. but I don't know how well it sold. True. Actually, I think it sold, uh, the original 13 actually sold quite well. But I think there's the general perception of the game, and thus the series kind of after 13 and 32 and 13 World Lightning Returns. Um, I think people, a lot of people just lost interest in it. Um, yeah, I, I would say the last like really popular one is probably 10. Yeah, and even then, I think that was mixed. Or at least yeah, 10 I, I mean, was when I, that came out. I had a sour taste in my mouth from 8, and I never even played 9, because I kind of just skipped over it, because I was just like, I, I really, I'm not a fan of 8. I, I like 7 a lot. Um, 4 and 6 are still my favorite. Um, but, yeah. you know, I went to, I, I skipped over, I, I played 8, didn't like it, skipped over 9, um, I had my friends telling me for years, you got to try 10, you got to try 10. So I finally tried it. It's awesome. I, I love 10. Oh, cool. 
And 12, I was hugely disappointed with. I think they were ahead of their time with 12, though. I, I knew what they were trying to do, but I don't think it worked at that time. And I, that's what they were trying to make, like, an offline, online game. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like how how Xenoblade is, in, in a way. I think that's what they were aiming for, but Xenoblade does better. Yeah. No, I've heard that comparison since, which made me want to go back and actually uh, play 12. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's what, but I think they were like, I think they were ahead of their time. And honestly, uh, it seems like that's a that's the way a lot of RPGs are just going nowadays. It's yeah. like they're trying to simulate the the online experience, but with a single player experience. And you know, I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's probably neither, but it, it's yeah. it's just it is what it is. But yeah, to, to wrap up the the numbered Final Fantasies, it seems they're going in the right direction with fifteen. Um, obviously, it was thirteen verses for absolutely ages and kept falling off the planet. Um, but I mean, I mm-hmm. played the demo for fifteen. Um, but from what I hear in general as well, uh, people seem to be very positive about the game, um, which is good because um, uh, it is nice to be excited about like a a big Final Fantasy launch. Um, and so I think that's really good. But I, I feel maybe wrongly so, but I do feel Square may fall into not as severe but into a position like Konami where they're just pushing Final Fantasy um, and all their like smaller projects kind of just get engulfed into developing the ever bigger Final Fantasy release. Um, but I saying... think, they, I think uh, unlike them though, I think it's going to be three titles that, that they fall into. And I think it's going to be Final Fantasy. Like you said, I think Kingdom Hearts is going to be another one. Yeah. And I think their third one's going to be Tomb Raider. Oh yeah. Very good point. Um, but the interesting thing about Square Enix is that they do push out a surprising number, or a surprising frequency of games. Um, so, it, I mean, on the face of it, it's hard to see how that would that's a good business model. Um, but they've been doing it for so long that it must be. Um, and so if that's the case, I guess they'll keep doing that. I mean, they they always seem to have like a, at least a few, say, RPGs in the work for the portables alone. Um and they do a surprising amount of stuff on mobile as well. There's some exclusive RPGs as well as there's they're always porting their back catalogue across. Um, but it it seems that they are using those platforms fairly sensibly, at least. Uh, and so maybe they're better positioned uh, for this transition with mobile and um, just the the bigger cost of like their flagship game and everything else involved because they do have these other pillars to fall back on. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that they don't support the 3DS a little bit more than they do, though. That's true. I I, I think it's uh, maybe more so that a lot of their support just doesn't make it over here. That could be true as well. <laughs> I, I could I could definitely see that. Don't didn't they publish another like game? Not Tomb Raider, but they, what did they do? Just Cause, or am I thinking of somebody else? It, no, I, I don't I think they were involved in Just Cause. I could have sworn they do like another like action game, like you wouldn't expect from them. Probably they they do seem to be a lot. They have a lot more Western like studios or teams or games, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not sure particularly what you're thinking of, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I I thought they had a different one, but yeah, I I could I would say that they're probably the biggest publisher right now that I could see falling into the same category as. Uh, which I'm gonna call it as um, Konami, Konami and Sega. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe Capcom as well. They might be I heading in that direction risk. as well. 
I think uh, Enix is in a better position than Capcom is currently. Do you? Um, well, what is Capcom doing right now? They have. No, that's the question. They've got, they've got Street Fighter Five, I think, is it now uh, coming to PS4 exclusively? Yeah, it's almost like Monster Hunter's carrying them right now, though. That's true. They do have that. That is their big thing. Uh, but I guess it just doesn't. Even though they keep pushing it, it doesn't have a, a, a fairly big presence um, outside of Japan. Um, so even though it does tremendously in Japan, it's not quite the AAA franchise worldwide that we would traditionally expect from you know a franchise that big. Um, yeah, I mean they did just um, announce that they pushed a, or shipped a million units to the true. west. Which is, which is, I mean, that uh, that's a good number, but it's definitely not what they do in Japan. Exactly, <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's the a difference. Week in Japan. That, that's that's <laughs> um, respectable figures, as it were, but it's not AAA figures. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and that seems to be their biggest franchise currently. And I, I would agree with that. I've got a feeling that Monster Hunter can only be so big for so long. I, I feel. Maybe not the next game, but the game after, that's going to start going downhill sales-wise. Because it is just, it's very repetitive in the mechanics and the process. It seems that the additions, I mean, the games I really like. Um, it's, you know, adding some more weapons, adding more monsters. It's going to be in new locations, but you're essentially doing the same thing throughout the game to game. So I imagine a lot of gamers are just going to get fed up of the formula. Unless they do some radical changes. Well, uh, I'm and, probably... And then if Monster Hunter drops out, what does Capcom have left to fall back on? Yeah, well, they have Resident Evil. They have... True, but when's the last we heard of that? Oh, and, and, and not even to that. I mean, the the last two just weren't good games. Like, I didn't enjoy 6 at all, and Operation Raccoon City was not any good either. That's true. That's a good... You raise a good point, though, because, this, again, this is Sonic Syndrome. This, despite them not being rated very good... Apparently, five sold much better than four did, and six sold much better than five did. Um, so they're making money out of it. But at some point, I think the quality is going to catch up to them. True. Um, but it, 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 it did to Sonic. <laughs> that's very true, yeah. And although it does make money, it's not making as much money as it used to. It, actually, you know, I really enjoyed the Revelation series. I thought the first one was an excellent game. I had it on the 3DS, and then I repurchased it on the Wii U, and I thought they were both really good games. Um, I, I was a little disappointed the second didn't come to the Wii U, so I still haven't picked it up yet. Yeah, I'm in the same position, actually. Yeah, I, I liked Revelations. I played it on both 3DS and Wii U. Not picked <laughs> up number two yet. Yeah, so I, I, I think they lost two customers well, by yeah. not putting it out on the Wii U, because I would have purchased it day one if it came out on the Wii U. Yeah, same. Well, part of it was... um. It was episodic as well. Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of episodic, but it so was I, like... Oh, I was going to check it out originally. I was like, oh, it's just episode one. I was like, I don't really fancy playing a Resi game episodic. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till it's finished. Uh, but then you've got that problem that it's you kind of lost the momentum and then you've got distracted by something else by the time they've all come out. I mean, I think they're all out by now. Uh, I, yeah, cause I think they went... I think they were just weekly releases. I honestly don't think there was a yeah. big gap between the releases. Which yeah, is a de- which is definitely a different way to do well then, that than at least any other company's done episodic releases. Definitely different to Telltale. Yeah, because every other game company I've seen that's done episodic releases, I mean it's a it's a few months between, um, or e- even a month between. I, I haven't seen weekly, and I which think they were the makes first sense to do it because you can't make any type of like game content in a week, which could go through any sort of certification process and be guaranteed to be released. <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, so that stuff you know, was just all lined up. I was kind of hoping that Nintendo would take their shot at Episodic with Star Fox. That way we could have some semblance of Star Fox in the summer, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Well, we don't know anything about new Star Fox yet, so it could be Episodic. <laughs> well, We've got yeah, nothing I to mean, tell us otherwise. If, if that gets the game in my hands quicker, <laughs> I'm all for being episodic if it's Star Fox. And, and that's, to me, the Nintendo game that would work episodically. And imagine they announced on E3, Episode 1 is available to download now. There we go. <laughs> I'm a prophet, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, that would be a hope. nice message. Because, I mean, the game may not be finished till when we're expecting, uh, say, you know, the holiday season. But, you know, you could play the first chunk of the game right now. Yeah. That'd be an interesting um, way to do it. I don't think Take Two is in any position to let, lose ground. Um, I think Grand Theft Auto makes them enough money. I would say yeah. Activision has is in the same boat with Call of Duty, so I don't really think they're going anywhere. Yeah, um, they, they they seem to be very solid both for them. I would say honestly, it's really it seems like it's all Japanese companies because even Namco, I could kind of almost say, is maybe in the same boat as Konami and um, Capcom. Yeah, potentially even more so. I mean, it's we don't really hear much direct from Bandai Namco nowadays, uh, which reaches here. I imagine they must have made some money from Nintendo from Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's 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 weird to kind of get your head around how those business decisions actually work in that sense. <laughs> like, yeah, are they getting a cut of the game? Were they just being paid for the time? I mean. I would imagine they would just be being paid for the time. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, then is it... I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, because if they're just being paid for the time, how do they really gauge the profit out of it? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, well, maybe they give them a little cut out of it. Exactly, yeah. It would be nice to know some of these deals. I mean, it would be great to have an insight. Oh, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> not, not as tight-lipped as they are, but they're also doing Pokémon Tournament, so that's that's, that's interesting. True. They seem to have a pretty decent relationship with Nintendo, especially considering the other third parties. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I think we do seem to be getting on this, this trend that it is the Japanese companies. I mean, ironically, apart from Nintendo, if you, if you want to call it that, um, that seemed to be doing quite badly, but... Well, obviously, we can't disregard Sony, obviously. But yeah, Sony as a... If we look at them as a studio which is actually publishing... Uh, or, or creating and publishing software, they're not doing too hot recently, in my opinion. Obviously, no, their, but their platform's did... doing great. But Go in ahead. terms of uh, what games coming out of their own studios... Uh, well, they, they um, published Bloodborne, and that did rather well. That's true. Um, I would say the order did horrible, though. Exactly, it still yeah. sold okay, but I think that that's. I, I think basically that they won't be able to make that into a franchise. I don't see them making a second one. Yeah, it it seems a bit, like also does seem a bit of a shame because I don't think it was. I mean, I've not played it myself. But it doesn't really sound like it was a bad game per se. Um, but I think people wanted it or needed it to be this game, uh, which it just wasn't. Like it happened just to be like this um, average, okay, good game. Maybe some people thought it was very good. Maybe go that far. Uh, but it wasn't in that excellent uh, category. Um, and then it just gets written off. Um, and, and, it, and I think that kind of echoes what we're talking about here. Where unless you have this absolutely huge AAA brand, 
um, then it's going to get lost, you know, in favour of something else. Yeah, I, I, and, you know, actually, and another thing we can go back to Activision with is they got Skylanders. That's well, a huge money that maker is for them. gigantic for them, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's stuff that these companies have, like, set themselves to do. Um, who publishes the Disney Infinity? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure who does that either. But, I mean, they're, like, those toys to life are a huge moneymaker. And um, I think Warner Brothers is doing the Lego one. That's going to be another huge um, moneymaker. And Warner Brothers has been putting out a lot of decent titles this year. They've been doing Mortal Kombat. They did, uh, they're doing Batman later this year. They're publishing The Witcher 3. I mean, yeah. they, are, they are putting out some titles. I believe they did Dying Light as well. <laughs> so that that's a so got, lot of titles. Got a little update for you, and it's quite ironic actually. Uh, apparently, Bandai Bandai Namco are the 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 people behind Infinity. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah, with with uh, obviously uh, Disney Interactive Studios. Um, okay, but yeah, it's Bandai Namco. There you go. So that, that <laughs> you know, and and it's it's funny because like the other like one of the other big Japanese companies is uh, Tecmo Koei. Yes. And that's another one we could even probably put in the. I don't know if they're going to survive. List. Yeah. So what what is Techmo Koei up to nowadays? Well, I guess they they just recently did another edition of Dead or Alive. Um, but <laughs> what else do they have in the works? Obviously, well, they got the um the Warriors series, haven't they? Yeah, Let's, and and Hyrule Warriors <laughs> made them a decent chunk of change. Yeah, uh, again, sold over a million, which for eight. A particular one of those games is meant to be pretty good, because I I think they just go the uh, uh, the quantity over quality approach. Whereas if they make a dozen of them and they all sell okay, <laughs> uh, then it does uh, very good overall. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and that Square <laughs> Enix game I was thinking of before was Thief. So oh yes, I, I I just did a quick search on that. Yeah, and they also had Murdered Soul Suspect. I don't remember if you uh remember what that game was, but I they, remember that what came it was. out last I never year. Played it. Um, but yeah, I do know the game you're talking about. Yeah, I think that's the problem with the game is I think everyone <laughs> knows if I've never played it. I heard about it uh, on podcasts, but that's about it. But, you know, and, and it seems like a lot of these companies, you can see how they're trying to make their money back um, with remasters or you know, downloadable content. But I, I think that's going to also bite them in the butt in the long run. I think that's going to be something that, you know, fans are going to resent against them for doing it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think it's a shame that we, we've gone through like this substantial list of uh, publishers, and although there are games we've obviously missed, uh, there just doesn't seem to be that breadth of, you know, really big, big titles um, that these companies used to be producing. Yeah, uh, like, I mean... Actually, back you know in the day, we just go back to Konami. Um, I had things like Contra. <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious you just read my mind doesn't be like you know it's funny we've talked about Konami this whole time and never even mentioned Contra oh I'm glad I mentioned it <laughs> that, that's funny I was just about to say that but and, and that's sad because that was one of my favorite NES titles and I love the Super Nintendo one as well yeah um, it's called um, the f- first one I played I, f- I think it's the third entry uh, and the reason why I get confused on this is because it's called Super Probector over here or something like that <laughs> what? it's, it's not Contra <laughs> Uh, a super probotector or something very strange um but that i believe odd. that's contra free on the super nintendo 
<laughs> That's the Alien Wars? Did you get the same subtitle? Yes, yeah, so yeah, I think it was Alien Wars still. Okay, uh, okay, you got the same subtitle. Okay, that's good. But yeah, I, was I, Double Dragon or Battletoads any different for you? No, no, those names ring bells. They're they're the same. <laughs> now I know Star Fox is different though, isn't it? Lilat Wars. Yes, well, at least the. I I think it was just the Super Nintendo game. I think we have Star Fox sixty four based on Lilat Wars sixty four. Yeah, I think it was just the Super Nintendo game. They changed it. For whatever reason okay. it was. I, I honestly I like Lilat Wars better than Star yeah, Fox, so but and you know I did import uh, like I've imported one game in my life that we didn't get over here, and that was Doshin the Giant. I don't know if you ever played it. I've not actually. No, I feel I I've like I should have because I could have. Um but no, I never got around to picking up Doshin the Giant. That uh, is at the, the only time game... it didn't seem very exciting, but I feel I've missed out now. It, it it was okay, but that's uh, that I was that's the only game I've ever imported. The other game I was thinking about it was Disaster Day: A Crisis, and I, I <laughs> it, 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 not good. Well, no, that's just another one I've happened to hear on podcasts. Again, it's it's quite infamous. I, at least the circle of people I listen to, um, not picked it up myself. Um, but it's very surprising that that same studio then made uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, I just don't get it. If if it was translated into you know into English, yeah, I don't understand why it doesn't make its way to North America. It, it, to me, that just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, is, isn't that peculiar? How I mean, it must have <laughs> been a coincidence. But then, how you know, Xenoblade Chronicles had a you know confirmed European release and, and being translate uh, localized by Nintendo of Europe before Nintendo of America confirmed that they were going to be publishing the game for america uh, and the fact that you know day of crisis came out in europe but it didn't come out in america it just and... shows like uh, i guess nintendo of europe's um difference in decision making compared to nintendo of america i don't know it's very strange it, it really is and i don't know i don't know who made the decision but it was also a gamestop exclusive over here uh xenoblade so yeah. i wonder if if GameStop had their hands in getting that game to America. Possibly that would make it even stranger if it was GameStop who convinced Nintendo to bring out. Uh, especially with all the uh, muscle they're putting behind uh, X now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm really excited about X. I think that's going to be a great game. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to playing that game this year. Um, and it's ver- it's a smart move to get that thing out before Final Fantasy because I think they're going to be very similar games. Yeah, that's the odd thing. I'm playing for 15. And going, this seems like it's taking some cues from Xenoblade. Um, but then again, you said um, it seemed like Xenoblade played similar to 12. So maybe it's just a development of that. Um, but yeah, the how you like enter combat and how you actually attack and just how you just generally wander around the environment um, feels a lot, in my opinion, a lot more Xenoblade than it does traditional Final Fantasy. Which, oh yeah, it definitely does. Which for me, is a good thing. Um, yeah, I really like the 15 demo. Yeah, and, I thought the 15 demo was good as well. Yeah, and uh, the all the videos Nintendo keep putting out on the Xenoblade X look very good. And I think it's just got out in Japan now, hasn't it? Uh, if it's not out, it's very close to being out. And I know that Famitsu has um, has rated it, so it, it has to be close yeah, if it's not. My, my Twitter feed today was filled up of I was doing like hashtag or Wii U search and all I saw was endless photos of um like the Xenoblade like character creation screen uh, but they were all very different they weren't just created like taken off some 
promo footage uh, and oh, like cool. some bits of the game. I was like, what's all this content from? And I think, I think it twigged. The game must have got released. And, well, I do know that they had a, a lot of asks um, that just went up recently. Yeah. And there was also uh, another video regarding the online, I want to say. And the DLC for it. Oh, yeah. No, I did hear some bits about the DLC. But yeah, yeah it, so... it does seem... If the game wasn't released, a whole bunch of people have got their hands on it in some form and are creating characters in the way that actual people would because they look very silly. <laughs> what did you think about the um, direct in the treehouse? Did you have a chance to watch that? I saw the like the direct, the mini direct thing itself. I didn't see the treehouse afterwards. I don't know if I was on the wrong feed or whatever, but it didn't take me there. Um, so I just thought that was it. Um, I saw the the Japanese version of it really a little while back, so I wasn't too impressed. Um, but I mean, I like to see that game in general, um, and it was it was nice to have some things clarified i thought it was strange how they're now called was it scales the robot yeah it's it's, it's scales now and not as, dolls as odd as it sounded i kind of got used to dolls it felt quite anime and like oh that's what those things would be um <laughs> you know what the I, problem I is it, it, it is i i feel like dolls doesn't sell in north america I and i hate to say why, it for, yeah. for the north american people um because for some reason over here we have this stupid gun culture <laughs> and, and, and like the cult that kind of culture and and i i just you know they're all call of duty m-rated stuff yeah. and i just don't think dolls sells to that that they, crowd they don't want to be telling people to go and play with their dolls yeah exactly and and i think that's why you got the scales and it just sounds cooler and i you know i'm not in that <laughs> in that crowd i w- i was okay with the dolls i like the name but Unfortunately, you know, the rest yeah. of North America. Because is that a term which is being used just kind of in general in like anime and such? Because I feel I've heard dolls before in term, in like um, basically mechs or something very similar to that. Yeah. But yeah. Hard to say. But yeah, I mean, yeah, so we had some. Uh, and so, yeah, that was one of the points which was different. And like the, the ship, it's called the White Whale. I think they were the two things I took away from that video because I've seen the, the actual footage itself before. <laughs> I just like um, you, if you have a chance, definitely try to find that treehouse presentation. Oh, okay. Because that that footage is just gorgeous. Like I could literally probably just walk around in that and that you know in just the playground that is the world there and just just walk around and just look at it. it it's oh, so awesome. gorgeous. Yeah, I do like the looks. How it kind of it does have like a. Uh, a futuristic but you know semi-realistic like city you can walk around in um and fly your mech around in as well as the gigantic like fantasy world which you see most of the time it's nice Mm -hmm. to see the game which has both of those things in because usually only one or the other and it seems like you can go back and forth between them without any loading it seems like not there's no loading once you're in the game yeah as far as i can tell yeah, I, I saw this particular bit of footage where it was Estes. It was must have been the online mode, and it had these four people in a mech each, or a, a, a skull, a skull, I should say, um, and they were just kind of flying across the city. Uh, but you could see all the detail. You could see people walking around at the bottom and cars driving around, and they're just these giant... Uh, I just want to call them mechs still. These mechs just like <laughs> flying across the cityscape. Um, and it just looked absolutely fantastic fun. Yeah, I cannot wait for that game. That that is definitely that and Splatoon are like my two top games this year. Yeah, um, yeah, I think Splatoon's probably my most 
uh, anticipated game, but it's also the, the soonest to come out. Yes, next end of next month over here. I'm not sure it's yeah, the same. Yeah, ours is the 29th. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. Um, yeah, not long at all now. Month away. I think I think Nintendo's kind of putting them close together because they don't want anyone to have the online advantage. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I wonder if the um the Japanese launch is at the same time. Do you know if there's going to be if it's going to be region locked online, or you think it'll be everybody? Um, I don't believe they've said. I'm a, oh, I'm, I'm de- really hoping it's, that it's not because they have done that before in some odd examples, um, and it's annoying because I've obviously got a lot of um, friends in America, you know, from talking online and such, um, and so not to be able to play with them would be very frustrating. Um, yeah, I don't think they will do that. Um, I, I I hope not, but you know they, they do silly things like not include voice chat. That's so. true. Yes. <laughs> so you never know. Well, maybe the, the maybe one, it's because of those silly reasons that it will have it. I don't know. The one game that I, I I want voice chat on for Nintendo, and that's the one like the the one they disappoint me on. Don't put it in there. Yeah, because it, it does work as a team based game really well. Um, yeah, I, I played at a like a, a post E three event. And they had it, it. It basically looked like the E3 event had it had it set up, and they had like four Wii U units, Wii U units in a row on one side, and like another four um, after a slight gap on the other side. And so it was cool just to be able to like shout at the people next to you and go like, oh, um, you know, come over here. There's like a big area which has no paint on it or something, or they, you know, they're trying to, you know, they're making traction or they're getting into our base or you know, just things like that. Um, and it was cool to actually communicate with them and. It, it it's a game which seems to be set up all around that, so it is odd that they, you know, just completely didn't put it in, even in like a friends only mode. See, yeah, that's what I was just hoping for is friends only, because now I'm gonna have to set up some kind of Skype or, you know, put my PS4 on and then do a, a group chat on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, guess I mean, there's always way of technology, but it is a shame. Yeah, we, we I'll be honest, we used to do that when we played World of Warcraft. We'd put our Xbox Live on, go in a group chat on Xbox Live, and then play World of Warcraft. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, there's ways around it. So, um, that's pretty funny. Uh, that Metal Gear game you were talking about, Ground Zeroes, it's on sale on the uh, PS4 oh, yeah. shop. Eight bucks. So Actually, I guess what we should probably mention, it might could wrap this up quite nicely, is um, you're talking about the, uh, the PSN store. Uh, apparently... Um, PT is being removed. Yes, it it, it was removed. Oh, it already has been removed, has it? I, I believe it was today. It was being removed. Oh, there we go. Um. So yeah, all right. If it has been removed, I, I was going to say I, I thought we had a week left, so we could have a, like a, a call out if you haven't downloaded it yet. Download it. It, it may have a week <laughs> left, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was today that it was it was coming down. So you know, if if it hasn't oh, that was been sudden, yeah run on there and grab it but i'm pretty sure it's going to be down by the time you're listening to this but um the one thing i wanted to wrap it up on was i wanted to talk about indie games and where do we see the future of indie games going and if we do we see indie studios maybe moving up and becoming bigger in the industry than what they are right now well that's a tricky one um i'm not sure they're necessarily gonna grow in size uh, but I, I, I think you will see more in these um, kind of filling in the areas where there are less of these bigger titles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, there are very successful and popular indie games. And at a point, they just don't become indie studios anymore because they have money um, or, you know, then they join a publisher. Um, 
so it'll be interesting to see what the balance is between just you know small indie games and you know the ones which start having successful you know uh, sequels and so on uh, and what happens to that happens to that studio then because it doesn't seem like there is any successful middle ground currently um you've got like the you know the giant publishers and you have your indie games and there aren't really ma- many people making these mid-tier games which there was an abundance of in like the playstation and then 64 era well uh, i think what you might see though is i might i think you might start seeing some indie publishers and they're going to be like like almost like curve digital's doing right now yeah I, I think you might see some more of them where they're taking games that they're not necessarily developing and they'll be publishing them for other companies. Like, I know they published Ali Ali on the Wii and the 3DS, but they didn't actually develop that game. That's true. You know, I, I agree. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot more of that. Um, because even though um, with, like, you know, the big free um, opening their doors and letting all the indie developers make games, as it were, um, even though that's a lot, lot easier than it used to be, it's still not necessarily uh, easy enough for everybody. Uh, I, I think it's given a lot of people the idea to put a game on a console, um, but maybe they, they're they not quite there on the, the technical level yet. Um, it might be that they are already creating a game on their PC, but they do need a bit of extra help with getting it through certification and all the there are a lot of processes you know before and after that um, (laughs) that's what i've heard (laughs) exactly yeah which just doesn't get talked about and it's usually for good reason um but yeah I, i could see um like these indie publishers helping out and saying all we need from you is the game if you give that to us uh we'll we'll make some sensible deal uh, we'll get your game up there really fast because we've had a lot of experience with it before, um, and it will put a lot of the worry off you because you're this you know one man or two man team. You can just focus on the game. Um, we'll do the paperwork and such for you, and um, and that in turn will get that indie publisher, I guess, um, a lot more recognition if they are actually taking on you know good uh, credible games. Um, so yeah, that that would be really interesting. I, I'd like to see. I, I'm not sure who's best equipped for that. Um, it may sound odd, but I reckon something like a uh, yacht club games, even though they've they've only produced the one game, but it's it's hugely successful. Shovel Knight. Um, I reckon they could like turn to be indie publisher at some point just because of name recognition. And... I think Way Forward Games would be probably a good one. Ooh, yeah, they would be good. Yeah, because I was thinking and, of like an indie themselves doing it, but yeah, I think yeah, Wayford would be very well positioned to become the indie publisher, um, or even Renegade Kid, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're, they're probably the companies you're looking at for that sort of thing. And um, oh, oh yeah, because they haven't done it yet. I wonder. I wonder if there's any. I guess there's no legal reasons between like the platform holders and them why they can't do it. Um, well, no, because again, like I, Curve has already done s- exactly, similar yeah. things. Because and then the you know, and then the other question I would have with indies is, do you ever see the big three or even some other big publishers? Do you ever see this just? Do you ever see anybody just going on a, a buying spree and then all of a sudden all these indie developers start getting bought up the companies? For their IP and for their talent. 
I think I don't really see that. Um, I think you get things like um, I don't think the the platform holders are really that in. I, I don't think they necessarily need. want to purchase like in the teams as such. I've, I've, I think they're more inclined to kind of offer incentives to take the the game to their platform first, get some sort of early exclusive on it, um, and you know just like roll out the red carpet for them, you know, make it as easy as possible for them to get their game to you. Um, but I mean, it would be so easy for them to snatch up in these studios and they don't seem to do it. Cause like, imagine like the sort of budget Microsoft has for, uh, you know, getting new, uh, games on board, uh, in, instead of just getting a big triple A game, if they just spent that budget, they could pretty much buy, you know, most indie developers as oh, in, like, yeah, the smaller tier ones. Um, and, and, if, and just one it, foul swoop. Uh, oh, so I'm, yeah, I'm surprised and... no one's gone super aggressive on that. I mean, especially with Sony um, putting a lot of attention on the indie developers. Uh, but in that sense, it's kind of good on them. I, I like how they're just kind of lending a helping hand and um, helping them board with like, uh, just with the, like, the early access type things instead of just having exclusive out, you know, uh, yeah, I wonder how much. I wonder if Microsoft cared more if we would see that. Yeah, that's a, tr- that's, that's a tricky one. I mean, maybe. I mean, you'd thought it'd be something they would try to uh, do with the whole uh, Xbox One versus PS4 thing. I think mean, that's within their power to do uh, to spend some money, uh, get a lot of exclusive titles in quotes, uh, which are all indie games. Um, yeah, because I can't imagine if someone would have came out and been like, "Okay, we're buying." You know, we're we're buying yacht club games because we want Shovel Knight. We're buying whoever made Journey because we want Journey. Yeah. And you, you know, just just some of the bigger indie games. I, like not even saying like the you know the next year because there's some other really good ones like Guacamelee is really good. Yeah. Um, I really liked um Image Informs Steam World Dig. That was a great game. Oh, exactly. So yeah. I mean, th- there's you could have went through and they could have probably bought all these all these games and IPs and studios and had them working on their next titles because even SteamWorld Heist looks amazing. So they, they would have had exclusive rights to that. And, you know, it, it's it's just crazy to me that, to think that Microsoft, who's sitting on that big old bank <laughs> account, and, and, you know, they desperately need games for their system to stand out, yeah. that, that, you know, they wouldn't go out and, and just, like, snatch these studios up and be like, okay, well, you're a second-party studio now, so we'll let you do your own thing, but everything's coming to us. Yeah, yeah, but that does seem to be, it does seem that yeah, no one's really aggressively going out and scooping up indie developers. Um, but yeah, it does seem that Sony seems to be the one who is going out there the most uh, to, to to entice indie developers. Eh? It, it's weird too because indie developers now are more in the forefront than they ever were. But wasn't wouldn't like retro studios and next level games? Wouldn't they have been indie studios at some point before Nintendo gobbled them? Well, I'm not sure about retro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, wh- wh- where, how did retro become about? I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what they had actually released at that point. I know they had um, almost like half a dozen games in progress, and there was a story around they had like almost a game for each genre in development at somewhat at some point. Um, I'm not sure what they had released and on what platforms, to be completely honest, for Nintendo came in and bought them. Um, so, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so maybe that does count. 
Yeah, I don't know the exact story, but even Rare at some point, like they were kind of an indie studio, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I guess it is hard to draw the line on what is an independent studio um, in that sense because isn't technically any uh, company which... Uh, yeah, where, where do you split it? Yeah, because, I mean, Game Freak is even technically an indie company, right? Yeah, it, it's it's a messy term. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it, it's... Well, uh, isn't Game Freak making a game that's not even on Nintendo platforms? They are, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Badass so that... elephant. How could we forget? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean... <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's hard to d- distinguish sometimes what, what's indie or not. But, uh, you know, I, I, f- I feel like there was other studios, like bigger, like, it's you know, indie studios that weren't under these publishers at some point that were getting gobbled up. And I'm really surprised with as, as easy as it is to get to these talents nowadays and to see their work, um, you know, because they could release a game anywhere. They, if yeah. you wanted to, your game could probably be on one of the, the, you know, the platforms tonight since you said you have your PC build done. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just to make any sort of clarifications, yeah, the reason why my games are Nintendo exclusive, it's not because Nintendo came uh, my direction and said, "Oh, we'll, we'll have this." Um, it's I wanted to focus on one particular console because I've uh, I've done mobile uh, games in the past, and I've done games on just a, on you know just one of the platforms. I've done games across all three, uh, and when you do one which hits all three, um, it just takes a lot more work. And I knew oh, absolutely. jumping from mobile to console was going to be a huge jump. So I thought, I don't want to be juggling multiple consoles at the same time. I'm going to pick one, stick with it, and make that version the best it can be for that particular console. Um, and just personally, I like Nintendo the most. It wasn't a business decision. It was just, you know, I've, I've always wanted to make a game on Nintendo console. So it was just a logical choice for me. Um, although I do have a but- very... Before we get too far, I've got a very small correction. Of um, I I said their game was called Rambo the Badass Elephant. It's called Tembo. I I, I fraudulently <laughs> slipped the word Rambo in there. <laughs> First blood, right? Tembo. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but you know you say it was a personal decision, but I think it, it, I still think it works out as a business decision because your game hits the Nintendo market. Oh certainly, yeah. There was that involved as well. I mean, it was driven from that just personal decision. I mean. Um, most of my playtime, as limited as it is nowadays, so I'm making more than playing, is on the Nintendo stuff. Um, but you can also cater towards a particular market. And if you do something exclusive, whether it's exclusive to any of the platforms, it, you get more attention from the news sources of that platform. Um, oh, absolutely. Because not many um, like game sites really care about a like a very small indie game coming across to everything because there's so many of them. Um, but a Nintendo site will pick up news about a exclusive Nintendo indie game. Um, and so that worked in the favor of, you know, getting press co- uh, coverage for the Kickstarter. Um, and the other thing is because it's because of Nintendo's current position with the Wii U where their, their own games are fantastic, but they don't have much third party support. Again, those indie the games are getting more attention um so that's worked out more in my favor as well uh so whereas i think if i had made this game exclusive to the xbox or playstation it may not have got as much attention 
as it did in its Kickstarter phase than it did uh, before being on the, you know, the con, you know, the least selling of the consoles, the Wii U. Uh, oh, so, and and so you know, as balance. a Nintendo fan, we, you know, I, I could speak for the rest of Nintendo fans that we have, you know, a knack for retro-looking games and games with, you know, sixteen-bit or eight-bit kind of kind of looks to them. That's true as well. Yeah, it's the only and, the only uh, console uh, with the lineage which goes back that far. Exactly. Um, so yeah. So, so you know, I, the, I, I just think you know, being on the Wii U was was was. I mean, I, I like, I would totally, if I made games, would want my game on the Nintendo as well. I, I get that portion of it, but I think it's also a smart business move as well. Oh, that's, that's reassuring to hear. Uh, but I mean, it is cool to um to play around with like the 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 like the the toy store type console design Nintendo comes up with. So I'm ending up with a game that is running on two screens at the same time. I've not done that before. It's very wacky. Um, I mean, it, it, it takes a while to get your head round. What am I doing with two screens? I mean, <laughs> I, I've, I've always used just the one. I mean, why do I need the second one? And then you think about it, and then you come up with reasons. And it, it's quite refreshing, and it's it's very... Uh, yeah, I think refreshing is a good word, because it's it, not quite like any of the development I've done, either just PC normally, or on phones, or tablets, or whatever. Um, and the Wii U is a very flexible console, not just as a, a uh, like a general user, where it's like, you know, some games you've got the off-TV mode and, you know, others you don't, but you can do other things with an inventory, whatever. Um, but take that from a developer's point of view, and there's just so much you can do with the thing. Um, it is really refreshing, and, and so my game, I'm trying to just open up those options where, like, I get annoyed on some Wii U games which don't have off-TV play. Um, but at the same time, I get annoyed in games that, like, say, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, they have off-TV off play, uh, but they don't take any advantage of the gamepad otherwise. Um, so I'm making sure that, like, all my little annoyances from previous Wii U games, well, at least I'm trying my best, that they're not in the game I'm making. Uh, and so there's lots of little uh, small things here and there, and... Um, yeah, it's it's been very cool to work on the Wii U. Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, playing through your game. And um, is there going to be a Korra amiibo anytime? Oh, I wish because yeah, that could that's already got two. Well, assuming uh, Twisted Fusion's launched, that as it were, there was the you know two games already that could go across. It's got the the crossover game with Block Drop, which technically Korra makes a brief appearance in, and so does GoGo. So you could have a GoGo amiibo as well going across the two and um i'm planning core to be in more games as well so oh like smash brothers well <laughs> oh i said too much no um, <laughs> no um did you at least vote <laughs> oh i could have couldn't i no i would have been worth it i i voted for an inkling i think that's uh, it you over your own <laughs> character i'll go vote for cora i'll go do it right now well yeah she technically is already in a nintendo game as it were as in exactly. she is, she's in the crossover game um Actually, she's making a, a few appearances in the, some up, some random indie games. Uh, so that's quite cool. And, oh, yeah. what other games is uh, Core going to be in? Um, I, I should know that off my head. I, I know there's... I, can't, I, think, I, think, I really shouldn't butcher this. I think it's something like um, Quiz You or something. Um, I, I know I've got Core Oh, in from uh, Bearbox? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and she's doing the... 
I think it's the the blackjack table. And the reason why is because I, I saw the screenshot of it, and I, I pulled up a like a screenshot of a a similar thing I did on a mobile app once where Cora ran a, a blackjack thing. Oh, and, very cool. Uh, I managed to convince him to get Cora in there. And yeah, and I've got a few other little things in the works. And um, Did you manage to get Cora in uh, Runbo? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> That's like the uh, indie all-star game right there. I, I, I did try that one. I, I've, I've tried many a collaboration to get Cora into different projects. Um, most of them are futile, unfortunately. Um, but <laughs> every now and again. You, you know what uh, it is, though? Someone. If your game already came out and it, it's going to well, do course. as well as I feel it's going to do, I, I think you'd had a better opportunity. Yeah. And, and like a collaboration I, I really want to do, and I'm hoping there'll be another game to do this for, um, is uh, Mutant Muds. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because I, I think that's just a, you know, the, the, the gameplay is quite similar in terms of, you know, you've got two 2D platformers with jetpacks and water, um, water pistols. Um, I mean, there's quite a lot of similarity there. Um, you might need to uh, talk with um, Jules. Ed over at Saturnine Games and get Turtle Tail up in there as well. I, I've spoken to him. Because um, his his turtle has a squirt gun as his true, weapon. That's true, yeah. Uh, obviously, nothing's come from it, but yeah, I'd, I've, I must have joked to him about that before. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I've spoken to Jules on two occasions. Um, he, he's a great guy. I, I, yeah, we've interviewed him I on, think, on the podcast I think at before. first I was trying to get... Um, that's really bad. Who's the main character in Mutant Muds? Is it Max? Max, yep. It is Max, yeah, that's good. I'm glad I said that first. <laughs> um, I, try, I tried to get him in Twisted Fusion, because again, the similarities, I thought that'd be fun. Uh, and then when... Which, unfortunately, that didn't work out. And then when he said there was going to be indie characters in Super Challenge, I thought, oh, this is the chance. Um, but apparently, I, I and I did get the uh, like that tweet late by a few days or so. And apparently, when I got through to him, all the slots were taken. Um, and oh, he, he did tough. tell me how many slots that were, and I, I won't, I won't repeat that because I don't think he's actually announced that information. But that game should be—it's going to be one to watch, uh, even more so than if you were interested in the first place. It's oh yeah, I'm 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 a huge fan of Mutant Mode. It so sounds I, like there's there's really be more to that it. game than uh, you may be leading on. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm just afraid that I'm gonna want to throw my controllers through the TV. <laughs> yeah, if it's as hard as I think it's gonna be. Yeah, but yeah, I think um, you got a future topic of crossovers, though. Yeah, I I <laughs> love the indie crossovers i mean yes that, that'd be a great future topic to talk of because I, I really think it's a, it's a really great tool for indie developers to really you know just kind of get their character out there and get people interested in their own game um as well as it helps the new game that you know that the new developers trying to get their character across in because if you know it, it say for instance runbow that has like shovel knight has guacamelee characters in it i mean that that's crazy like all the characters that are in that game yeah, and then I actually forgot probably the you know the biggest crossover I'm involved with beyond obviously the the released uh, game with RC Madiac is with um, a game called Red Goddess which is in development. Oh, uh, who's making that game? I, I've seen it before. It's uh, Yanim Studios. Have they made anything else before? I'm not actually 100 percent sure, but Red Goddess was a Kickstarter game, and their Kickstarter came very shortly after mine did, uh, and so I, I approached them and. Um, uh, we we came to the decision of doing a, a character swap, and so the main character from Red Goddess is going to be a playable character in Twisted Fusion, and Cora is going to be an unlockable playable character 
in Red Goddess. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that game looks fantastic. It's like this 2.5D uh, Metroidvania title, uh, but it's got absolutely fantastic graphics, lighting, look, uh, and everything just looks absolutely gorgeous in it. So it's not using that retro style, which uh, Twisted Fusion's using. Did um did you give him a different character model, or is he using the the um, the pixelated character model? Well, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a three D a three D model, so it's definitely not the uh, the sprites I'm using. Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, <laughs> so it'll be, I've not so it'll seen be diff- um what Cora looks like yet. Uh, although at first we did like um their artist did Cora just a, as a, as a two D picture, and my artist did um divine their character in like Cora style as well and so i've seen what that looks like but i've not seen what Cora looks like as the 3d model yet so that's gonna be quite exciting because i've not seen yeah, Cora be in 3d cool. before in that sense if uh would you keep that model in or at least see if you can get that model if you were going to do a 3d game later on well that would be interesting yeah i mean might might be worth checking you know. yeah to, to keep to the continuity of it yeah like see if they could <laughs> slip in a you know if, yeah, these environments <laughs> just to get me going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that'd be interesting. Yeah, but yeah, you never know. Uh, yeah, I I think that'll be it for the um podcast this week. Uh, thank you for joining me, and you're always welcome on here. Of oh, course, thanks for having me. No, it's it's been great. Yeah, sorry it was so short notice. I you know if if you know if you want to know everybody, I I what messaged you probably a few hours ago and asked <laughs> if you could jump on here. So yeah, it, yeah th- sorry about the short notice. Everyone else was um you know busy making money or something. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah. you know, we wanted to get our Tuesday Tuesday night podcast out. Oh, too right, yeah. No, a- a- anytime these the guys let you down, don't worry. Just let let me know. <laughs> okay, absolutely. <laughs> but anyways, I'm Anthony Divergilis from GameGravy.com. This is Lewis from Infendo Radio, and also Luvision. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, also Luvision. That's my uh, developer name. And I, I guess what I should say here, um, we announced this in our very recent episode of Infender Radio. Um, but basically, me and the the other team are departing ways from the site itself. Uh, this is the radio team, um, and we're setting up our own uh, new Nintendo community called uh, Nintendo Voice. Currently, we are just a Twitter account, but we'll soon be a podcast. Believe I believe that will go on next week. Uh, but if you're interested. In following us, it's me, uh, Harrison Milfeld, and uh, Colin Crompton. Uh, you can find us at Nintendo Voice, as one word, and you'll uh, find out the latest from there. All right, and if you want to contact either me or Lewis on Twitter, I don't know your Twitter handle, I'm sorry, is, it's just, is it your uh, developer name? It is, I will have to spell it out probably for people. It's, so it's Luvian, uh and that word is L-E-U-V-S-I-O-N. And my Twitter handle is a divergilis. I'll spell out my last name for you. It's D E V I R G I L I S. And you find me on Twitter there. You can um, also find um, Game Gravy at with at Game Gravy and our sister sites at Nintendo Fever. So yeah, you can find me at either one of those three handles if you want to hit me up. <laughs> but that'll be it till next week. Have a good week.